Yeah, so I've always been like an entrepreneur since an, an early age. Mm -hmm. um, but in, in college, I went in and started, I had a uh, business where I would go to outlet malls, I'd buy a bunch of shoes at discount prices, uh, and I'd sell them on Amazon. So I was, it was an inventory heavy business. So I had to put capital up front. And I started doing that on my personal side. I didn't know, most entre early stage entrepreneurs don't know. You need to start putting on the business side for many reasons, which I can get into. But I did that and I ended up, I did very well. And then I got towards the end of college, um, like after the holiday season, it did not do so well. And that caused my credit score to go to down to a 524. And then when I got out in the corporate world, I tried to get an apartment, I tried to get a car, I tried to get new credit cards, got declined for everything. I was like, wow, I'm stuck. Um, like I didn't realize how big of an impact it had until I actually needed it. And then I had to figure it out myself and I got it up to a 793 um, in less than nine months. It was probably closer to six months. Jeff, what's up, bro? How's it going, my hey, man? man? Thanks for having me yeah. uh, at your place. Thanks for coming. This down. is a cool ass spot, by the way. So, roll guess, it. What it's, guess what it's called? Ah, uh, we have a sexy name to it too. What's it's it a called? little sexy. It's called the Nerps. The Nerps. Because it's purple, and it's also nerpily. So we call it the that nerps. That is, oh, you guys called it the nerps. We call it the nerps. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought that was like the official name of the building. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's interesting. It is now. You can actually tag it on Instagram. The so. nerps? Yeah. That's cool. How long have you been living here for? Two months. Two months? Yeah. Dude, how does this even a spot? Because like rolling in, there's like offices down there. I know. Well, it's technically a commercial building, but like some architecture bought this whole place or designed the whole place. That's why the ceilings are crazy. We got insane lights everywhere. Um, it's pretty epic. He was like working yeah. downstairs and decides to live up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that whole side of the house, he just lived in it like as a personal. All this was business. Everything below is business. And then he decided to make all this personal and now everything below is his business. All right, well, let's get into it. So tell us a bit about yourself. You're in the credit world, right? I thought, I always, listen, there's a lot of you guys on Instagram. So like, you know. Yeah, it's blown up recently, man. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of people who, 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 who say they say what they do. I looked into your stuff. You're pretty legit. You have, you said you've been doing this for a while now. You have over like, what, 90 people that you coach currently mm -hmm. and you mentor. It's pretty sweet. And you've done it in a very short amount of time. So that just kind of tells me that there's something about you that's, you know, you're doing right. Yeah. So what is it that you're doing right? I think just really not over promising and under delivering. Okay. I think that's what I see a lot of people, they market these crazy things. Oh, I'm going to get you a million dollars in credit when you've had two credit cards. You know what I'm saying? They're like, that's just not practical. So I think I'm very practical. I'm very genuine with people. I work like one-on-one -on -one with people. So I think that's what people really want. Um, and I just have a lot of testimonies and results. I mean, results is what sells. So. I think that's the, the biggest thing, honestly. Cool. And I'm super consistent, too. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, like, they'll, they'll launch a course and then they'll go to Hawaii for, like, two weeks or something. I mean, if I'm going on, like, trips and stuff, I'm still providing value. Like, I'm, if you scroll through my Instagram, like, it takes a while to get through all my highlights. Mm -hmm. I mean, not all of it is credit, but all of it's business and, like, mindset focus and credit finance. So I'm just very consistent. So you stay active with your community. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So tell me a bit about your background. I know you've been, you said you've been doing finance most of your life, so. Yeah, so I've been investing since I've been 16. So I've been in finance really for like 10 years. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I worked for three different banks. I worked for the, the last like corporate job I worked for was with the biggest bank in the United States. So I was in a huge corporate office. It was 2 million square feet, 12,000 employees. I was in private wealth management. I was in an operations position. I was going to be an advisor. I got my series seven and 66. And then I was like, shit, I actually hate the corporate world. I want to travel. I want to make more money and I don't want to build a book of business for a company. I want to do something for myself. And I actually went over to Australia in 2015 and interned for this company and I wrote business plans for startups. They're international startups. A lot of them were coming from the US or Canada, moving their operations to Australia. And one thing that I did there was I was writing the business plans. I came back to the United States. I started doing that on the side a little bit when I was in the corporate world. And then they said, uh, or then I realized that my customers, okay, now they need financing to do the things that they were planning to do and they didn't want to give up equity in their company. So I'm like, okay, how can they do this? I had really bad credit from previous businesses. I repaired it and then I was like, oh, they can get funding through their credit. And then that's when like the light bulb went off my head. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna dive into the credit space. Um, and then I did that. Once I made that connection with those businesses, then I, I declared that business to my corporate job, my corporate company, the biggest bank in the United States. And they said I couldn't run it. They deny my OBA, which is an outside business activity. And then that was on a Friday afternoon. And then I went in on Monday the next morning and quit at 8 a.m. And been running my, my business since then. So, <coughs> And being 16 years old, what were you thinking about getting into investing? I mean, most 16-year-olds, all they want to do is go out and play or play video games. So why, what the heck got into your mind to well, want you to start doing this? Yeah, no, I mean, it was definitely not like me going out on my own. Yeah. Uh, my dad, I was really fortunate. My dad's, I mean, it was a business owner. I mean, he worked for companies for like 17 years, then started his own energy company. And um, he created a competition. I mean, very wise of him to get us to start thinking about money, to start thinking about the economy the correct way at a young age. So I have two older sisters. So he made a little competition. He gave us all a little bit of money, said, hey, pick the companies that you believe in. We're gonna invest this money into, that, into their stock. And whoever has the highest returns gets more money to put into their account, in their brokerage account. So I picked Best Buy, did very well. Um, and that's what really got me thinking about finance. And then I like saw like, you know, he had an advisor. I saw how the advisor was living life. You know, he had a nice car, he was in nice clothes. He had a really nice family in a nice neighborhood. I'm like, damn, I, I wanna get into, into finance. So that's what made me realize that at, at such an early age. Money's cool, I like money. I mean, <laughs> I mean like, what, what's your take on money? What do you think of it? I think it's amazing. How do, you, I, how, do you, how do you look at a dollar? Like somebody oh, like Grant Cardone okay. calls dollar trash, no, which is I, very interesting. Yeah. So how, how do you view a no, dollar? No, money is worthless if you don't do anything with it. A lot of people just let it stack in their bank account. And it's like, well, what are you working for? Like, what is that money doing for you? Mm -hmm. If you're not actually doing anything with the money, it doesn't matter that you have money. You know, so I do, no, I completely agree. It is worthless until you start doing something okay. with it. But uh, I also think there's like a negative connotation behind money. Not as much in the United States, definitely a lot overseas. But I think that that's a, that's a huge factor to it too, is like people like have a negative connotation about people that have wealth and stuff. I look at money as value. So if someone has a lot of money, I just like, damn, they provide a lot of value to people. Cause that's all that money is, is really value. So mm -hmm. that's the way that I look at it. I get really inspired. I mean, we have yachts, huge yachts out here. Every single morning I go on a walk and I just look at them and I'm like, wow, 
I'm, I'm playing down here. Yeah. These people are way up here, and it's because they provided more value to the marketplace. So that's how that's how I think about it. Very interesting. And so, for somebody who has money stacking in their bank account, what what are some tips you can give for them on how to create more income? Uh, I mean, first of all, if you are just really want to be super conservative, you need to at least be keeping up with inflation. So you're losing if your money is just sitting in a bank account, you're losing two or three percent a year to inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, and inflation is really just caused by uh, our government printing money constantly. Our money's not backed. We got off the gold standard decades ago. So you have to keep up with inflation. So you can go into fixed income, with, which is bonds, where you're getting like 3% a year. Um, you can put your money into a money market account that earns like 2.2% a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to be super safe, that's what you would do. Uh, but most of my money, I invest over 50% of my money, which of my income, which is blown up recently. So it's quite a lot of money. When I look at it every single month, I'm like, wow, that's insane. That's crazy. So, but most of it's going into the safe long-term investments. Warren Buffett always says like, <coughs> there's two rules to money. The first rule is to not lose the money that you have, that you already have. The second rule is to not forget the first rule. Yeah. So that's what most of my money is going to long term, like the S&P 500. That's one huge one. Another one's S or MSEGX. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have another ETF I really like that earns 12, 12% dividends a year. It's T, TWO. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a REIT, a real estate investment trust. Um, but most of my money is just going into like the S&P 500. I max out my retirement accounts for my business, for my personal, and then I have a brokerage account. And then I'm a really heavy investor into crypto as well. Oh, you are yeah. cryptocurrency. Yeah, yep. interesting. Okay, yep. very cool, very cool. So let's 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 dig into credit where your expertise lies in. Um, a lot of people, I, I feel like, or at least I've heard it. America has just a huge, just debt percentage, and people are just in just intense credit card debt and not necessarily understand how to use their credit card effectively. Why do you think that's a thing? Is it just because it's so easy to swipe or like what, what's like from all the people you've coached and mentored, what do you see being a repetition? And yeah, I mean the first rule, this is what I, t- I, it kind of frustrates me when people judge my business and me without actually looking into what I do. It's like, Oh, how terrible of you to get people into credit card debt. I've, I used to get that. Now I don't get it so much cause I talk about like the strategy behind it a lot more. But the first rule that I teach is to not spend money. Don't spend money that you don't have on things and stuff that don't produce any income. So the reason why people are in credit card debt is because they're consumers. So if they switch from the consumer mindset over to an investor mindset, that's when credit becomes powerful. If you're a consumer and you're swiping your credit card at Gucci and you're paying 25% interest, you're screwed. Like, if you max out a $10,000 credit card and you just pay the minimum payment, which is what the majority of people do, um, you're going to pay $50,000 in interest over, over a 22 year period. So you're not going to pay off that card. If you don't spend any more money, that's like, if you max it out today and you just pay the minimum payment, you'll pay 50 K in interest, which is bad. bad. That's why so many people don't get ahead. So what I teach people, is I teach people to move that high interest debt over to 0% interest business credit, and then they can pay it. They'll pay the minimum payment, but they're not paying any interest on it. 
So they have time to util- to create new income streams, to pay off that debt quicker, and they're not having that interest and That compound. makes sense. I see that because it's kind of like you're taking the money, you're investing it into something that's going to make you more money, and then you take that money to make to take more money to invest. It's just like a repetition. Yeah. Right? It's, just, it's just a flow. And I don't, I don't necessarily see that as being in credit card debt. I mean, you're right from a consumer's no, there's perspective. There's good debt and bad debt. Yeah, 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 exactly. And especially if you're saying 0% interest, that's kind of like... It's a no-brainer. It's, it's a free no-brainer. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk to me about the risks between personal investment. I mean, for those for the for the viewers that are, like are watching that don't know, from like personal investing versus investing from your business from that perspective, like from credit perspective, like putting your own self at risk versus your business. Yeah, risk. yeah. So the okay, there's a few reasons you want to get business credit. First of all, you need to set up an LLC or some type of an entity if you're starting a business. If you run everything through your personal name, that's the sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. So you are personally liable for that, that business. So mm-hmm. if a customer wants to sue your business, guess what? They can sue you. Mm-hmm. They can take the chair you're sitting on. They can take your car that's outside. They can take your cameras here. They can sue you for your assets. So that's the first thing. You need to set up a business. And I really recommend people setting that up early in the process of their, uh, their venture because when you put age on that business, that your business is more credible and more valuable. Mm-hmm. So after 24 months, if you're running a legitimate business and you, have, and you actually do credit the right way, you can have no personal guarantee on the debt of the business, which means if you utilize the debt on the business, the business venture doesn't go well and they, they now wanna collect from the business, um, you're not personally liable for any of that debt. They will not ding your personal credit score. You don't have to put your social security number down on the debt. So now the business is its own entity with its own credit and you are not in any way liable for it. Okay. So that's super valuable. Uh, It's super valuable for accounting and tax purposes. And even before that personal guarantee uh, happens after 24 months, when you, I can tell you the things that you need, but uh, it's really different with every bank. But the business credit does not report utilization on your personal credit. Like the business accounts do not report on your personal. Okay. There's a few that do. It's like Capital One and Discover, but like the majority of business credit does not report on your personal. So when you actually utilize that debt, your personal score is not decreasing. Okay. Which means that you can utilize a bunch of debt and your score can still be high, which means you can still apply for new credit. You can still go get a house, do whatever you want to do. And your DTI is not high either because it's on the business. Mm-hmm. So that's the super, super lucrative thing. A lot of people get, in, get a lot of personal credit, they max out their personal credit, and then their score is super low because utilization is 30% of your score. Okay, so you're saying pretty much like, you know, whatever you utilize on your business credit card, it doesn't necessarily gonna reflect anything on your personal score. No, even, okay. even if okay. you do put your social security number down, the only time it'll report is when you do not pay it at all and then that's when the collection account would report on your personal credit. Yeah, but that's after but, missing like about three months worth yeah, of payments, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like you're at this time deliberately not paying <laughs> yeah. it, so. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But that's why you want to get your business to the level where you can have no personal guarantee on it. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier. No, no, for sure. No, it's, I don't, I, I definitely, it's like, this is, this, this is kind of like the difference between working smart and then just trying a bunch of shit and learning from your own lessons kind of thing. Yeah. Like credit's not something you want to fuck with, you know? No. So it's kind of like, it's, um, 
it's, it's important to make sure you have the right steps and the right processes in place. It's pretty cool. So for you, as from your perspective, let's talk about social media because I think that's very interesting. There's a lot of people who say they do what you do. How do you separate yourself from the noise? <laughs> I just don't pay attention to them. Okay. I follow very few people now. I used to follow, I think when I was starting, I was following like a couple thousand people and I was like, this is just all garbage and noise. Yeah. So I follow very few people. Um, if I don't, if I see any type of negative energy or any type of fakeness, I'm just like, I'm like unfollowed. I'm out. You know, yeah. So I just really focus on myself, mm-hmm. like a lot now. I used to like, I think so many people get caught up in social media, like focusing on other people. And that causes them to think that, oh, their lifestyle is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I need to go do this. They get the shiny object syndrome, which almost every single entrepreneur has, especially when they're early in the process of just like, oh, I need to go do this. I need to go do e-com. I need to do real estate. Oh, now I'm a credit guru. Like, it's just like, so I don't focus on other people. I don't even know what they're doing, honestly. Um, I focus on myself. And I focus on it because it works. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, I have people that are flipping real estate, making a crap ton of money, like do, starting new businesses, I've had four people in my program quit their nine to five jobs in the last six weeks, that's which is like amazing, dude. Like, I like, I have chills right now thinking yeah, about yeah. that. So that's, I just know that it works and I'm just, I just got tunnel vision right now, but yeah, there's a lot of fakes on social media, but I think there's a lot of good people too. It just mm-hmm. kind of depends. I like, I like the fact they say you just focus on yourself because there is no noise within you. It's the noise that's outside that yeah, exactly. gets people distracted. And you can control it. I mean... Mm-hmm. It's as simple as hitting unfollow. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know. I feel like oh, I feel like people on social media are just so caught up with, you know, people showing off a life that they don't have. Yeah, you know, that's something I've never. Okay, so that's the thing I try to balance is ego and humility, because I came up from like a very humble background. Like my parents are very humble. Um, like my dad, even after he like built a business for 19 years and sold the company. He got like a nice car and he said people were looking at him weird so he like sold it. He like doesn't like, he hates the flashness. He hates all that. So I've been trying to balance between ego and humility for the past 12 months really now. Um, Cause I know that people want to see that end result. They do want to see the car or a cool house, a cool lifestyle. But there's like, there's a balance between showing that and providing value. So I stay focused on value and then like, my stuff, like my cool stuff in the background is just kind of like there just to be like, oh yeah, this guy is actually like, he does have some, some flash, but still he, 80% of his content is value. I mean, the, the way, the way I do it is it's pretty simple. You go on my page, all you're going to see is valuable stuff to learn. Yeah. You watch my story though. You might see me riding my motorcycle. You might see me on, yeah. in, in, you know, with someone dope chilling. But even then, like sometimes like I post stories like with certain people because of the podcast, we've built a network. So I've had like some sort of celebrities sometimes and I don't even tag them. I'm just like, Hey, what's, you know, so I don't do certain things that make it so like in your face. Yeah. I'm just living my life and I just yeah. so happen to document my life. And if you follow me, you'll see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm not, cause I don't, I don't think people want to see, I think it's a, there's an illusion of on social media, you have to look cool, mm-hmm. which is like, I don't agree. And I, I actually think that, the day and age of being looking like you're all flashy and have all this kind of stuff on social media is actually going to die very soon. And people mm-hmm. who are real and legit are what's going to come up because we're humans at the end of the day. Even the people who show off and showcase that they have everything either 
necessarily don't or maybe they're depressed or maybe there's something there's definitely something wrong because if you're like focused so much yeah. here's the way i look at it if you with all due respect to everybody out there that you know does this kind of stuff but if you are wasting so much of your day making sure that your life looks good validating something's wrong with you bro yeah like you have a massive insecurity that you're just not willing to face and that's just facts that's yeah. facts yeah and the problem is though is that people go and support that person it's so funny they get they get the most attention yeah so it's unfortunate i i, I just think that people like me and you is cool because that's what's going to change the space i think one thing that too i i uh you know people have been seeing me on jets they've been seeing me in ferraris like on jet skis like just yeah. doing crazy stuff but then i make sure that my audience is aware like look guys this is what I'm doing after I'm investing 50%, over 50% of my income every single month. So like, I hope that you're aware that like, (laughs) you need to be investing your money and not throwing it all away into this. Like, like you said, those people, the people that are not being smart with their money and just trying to show off all the time, they will suffer. I mean, I've, you hear all the entrepreneurs that have been in the game for a while talk about that. Like Cole Hatter said at Thrive, like, dude, he had everything and he lost everything in 2008. And that's exactly what will happen for the people that are just trying to show off, just to show off. A bunch off. of BS. Dude, honestly, you're right. Like, to even get to that certain level of, you know, where you can have that fun, you there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. A lot. And what people don't understand, too, is when you're hustling every single day, or I don't even want to call it hustling, when you're working hard every single day, you want to treat yourself. I feel like you deserve oh, yeah. it. Like you deserve it. You know, like like what the hell is a jet ski? Like I'm even starting. Like I'm around certain people right now who talk about jets like it's their Toyota Prius. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. I swear to God, yeah. and, and and it's and it's mind blowing because I'm like, wow. But when I look at it from their perspective, I get it. Like it's not. It's I, a relative game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not. And I'm not talking about those egotistical maniacs. I'm talking about real humble, wealthy people, successful individuals. Like, for example, to certain people, a private jet is necessary for them to conduct business. But most successful individuals have what they have because it's necessary for them to have it to be able to conduct the business that yeah. they're conducting at that level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, they're spending 30K to go make 250K. Oh, not even that. I'll give you an example. Certain people, like, like for me, I love riding. You know, I saw you have a bike downstairs. So I love to ride, right? So I might do some crazy stuff on the motorcycle. People are like, oh, you're nuts, bro. But that's my way of deconstruct, de- like de-attaching myself, decompressing so that when I'm done with my ride, I hop off, I go back to work and I, hust- and I, and I start working again. It puts me back in my zone. Or like to other people, it could be, I want to go skydiving. Working, oh, out or- working out. Or some people even like, I have a jet because the time I have on that jet while I'm traveling, since I'm traveling, I've heard this before, since I travel so much and I'm, make, I'm making like a lot of money doing it, which is cool, but the reason why they have a jet is because that's their time to like relax, like read a book, chill. They don't have to be waiting in line and because their whole entire day is full of crap. And I get that. Like, I get that. Like, you're out there, as you said, the more, mo- the, more the bigger your business, the more value you're providing to the marketplace. So if you're providing so much value to, the mar- to your marketplace, in return, it's okay for you to have certain things. Oh, yeah. Like, why does the president of the United States have every goddamn thing done for him? <laughs> because he's valuable. Because he's valuable. Yeah, you know what exactly. I'm saying? So, like, I feel like people, instead of whining about what you don't have and, and trying, what's going on is people whine about what they don't have and then they go on Instagram and they see people their age have what they don't have. And what they don't realize is, A, it's either fake, B, it's probably not theirs. 
you know that, that I've seen that a lot like they're flying either with a friend or or something or C it's like a matter of maybe they are hustlers maybe they do work hard but they've been working so hard for a long ass time to be able to even get that small 15 minutes of fun mm-hmm. right well what yeah. do you, what do you, what's your take on all of no, that no 100% yeah i mean it's uh, it's just like when people actually have like those legitimate lifestyles just a testament to what they've done yeah but uh, yeah i want to touch on the relative thing like people ask like oh my god like how much are you paying for this house and i tell them like holy crap that's like a big deal i'm like not really because this is 2% of my income so it's a relative game. A lot of people are paying 50% of their income to go live in like a half cent apartment. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's all a relative game. So people that own jets and stuff, like that's like, yeah, it's 30K, but it's like, that's not <laughs> like relative to what they're I, making. I you. No, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And we just recently actually interviewed Grant Cardone last week, uh, which, uh, and he actually said, he said the key to success to him, which, which hit me. Like I always interview certain people and then they say one thing out of the whole interview and I'm like, oh. Like I lock yeah. onto that. When I locked onto him, he told me, he's like, dude, the more successful you are, the more resources you have. So if you want to become successful, just stack on resources. And he brought up the president of the United States as an example. He's like, look, why do you think the president of the United States is able to sit there and run the, run the, run the United States, yeah. run the country? Because, no, because someone's cooking his food, because someone's driving him, because someone's taking him, because someone's literally babysitting him. Like I give an example. How do you think Warren Buffett was able to read eight hours a day when he did? It's because everything else was taken care of. And dude, like whoever's listening, if you have a problem with that, like then that's probably why you're at the level you're at. They have leverage, like not just with money, but with other people. Yeah. That's a huge thing I've been working on is like leverage with other employees. There's no way to scale. I have over 10 employees now. That's crazy. You, you, can't, you can't scale alone. No, there's no, no way. It's impossible. No. So it's kind of like, again, again, dude, this is like an awesome conversation because there's a humongous confusion on what the hustle life, the entrepreneurship life actually is versus what it's shown to be on social media. Like people don't actually understand. And that's why people seek all this knowledge and they get confused because people don't understand the basic steps of just starting a business, mm-hmm. which is actually not that hard. The whole entire process of running a business is very logical. It's a very logical, simple formula. What's hard about it is just the amount of hours you have to put in for things to get going. Oh, yeah. But the steps you're taking, if you think about it from a macro level, it's very basic. It's not necessarily rocket science. No. And I feel like people, the reason why they fall into these courses that are necessarily unvaluable is because they think it's rocket science. There's a huge confusion. Yeah, I can talk all day about this. And they're not taking action on that information. It's like you to get a result, you have to first have the information and then you have to take action on it. And if you're not doing both those things, there's no way to have change. There's no way to have new output with the same input. I think people like uh, eating content. Uh, they yeah. find it cool. No, right? they're, it's just they like the people that like go get their masters and they decide they want to be a doctor. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, I'm going to learn how to grow plants. It's like, <laughs> which, what do you want to do? You just want to learn. That's what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, people you know? get caught up in learning. Did you watch the Bill Gates documentary? The who? Bill Gates documentary. I have not, no. Dude, I haven't watched Netflix in a while. I just watched my first show, the Travis Scott thing. I watched that. Oh, really? That was the first thing I've watched in like four, <laughs> literally 14 months. Yeah. Literally in 14 months. On Net- I just got a Netflix account. Dude. But that just goes to a testament that when you're starting a business, it yeah. does take a lot of time yeah, yeah, yeah. to like get that to the point where like, okay, now I feel comfortable hiring. Now I feel comfortable scaling. Dude, I did put, I put in a lot of hours and now I have more free time, but I have more free time to work on high level stuff 
and uh, to watch Netflix. Yeah. Dude, and you're doing it at a young age, man. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty dope. I mean, I mean, to me, it's interesting because uh, uh, I, I don't watch a lot of TV. But when I do, if I do, I open Netflix for like 20 minutes before I sleep. Yeah. And then I watch. And that's how I watch the documentary. Every day I was just watching 20, 30 yeah. minutes of it. I have, though. I'm not going to lie. I'll be very honest. I have freaking binge watched the shit out of a show before. <laughs> and just recently, actually, I was, this guy got me hooked on The Office. And I finished that entire show in two weeks. I've done that with Billions, but that was like... Oh, billions is so good. Yeah, yeah like a year and a half so ago. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, it's so funny because it doesn't affect my work. Like, I, the only, I just let, I sleep less. Some of it actually can give you some inspiration. Like, I'm glad you brought up the Bill Gates thing. It's like, okay, are you doing that or are you watching Cartoon Network? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference between, like, I love seeing stuff about entrepreneurship, stuff about business, stuff about innovation. So if you're watching that stuff, that can actually help you. But if you're watching, like, Friends 800 million times. I watched that. Like, no, I mean, that's okay. But I'm just saying there's a difference between, like, there's still valuable stuff. You just got to be looking in the right place. I get it, dude. I'm with you 100%. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I, for me to watch the show, I, I gave up sleeping hours. Yeah. Like, I would, I barely sleep. I sleep probably, like, if I, a good night is seven hours. Oh, my God. That's like, yeah. heaven came down to earth. But I usually do five and a half, six. And so, when I was doing The Office, I was sleeping four hours. Because <laughs> that extra hour or two every single night, I was watching The Office. <laughs> Cost, man. <laughs> it's an opportunity cost. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But you know, it just goes back to show you that there's no right method of doing this. Like yeah. as long as you put in the hard work, it doesn't matter. Like don't like honestly. Like I don't like it when successful entrepreneurs come up and say, "I worked for ten years and didn't get taken away." Bro, it cre- creates a, mis- a confusion. It's like no, no. There's no such thing as a human who can work for a whole decade without taking a break. There's no way. You can't do that. It's, it's, it's impossible. But the problem is when you have these successful individuals on social media talking about life like it's that way, it causes a lot of stress on people because nobody can live up to that potential. I can't. I don't know about you, but there's no way I can work 24-7. No. Like, I think, I think what it is, it's integrating the business into your life. So, like, I'm sure, like, while you're jet skiing, you know, you may stop, you come off of the jet ski, you pull out your phone, you're sending an email. Or you're doing something. You're texting. Mm-hmm. You're 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 hitting up your team members, making sure work's getting done. So even when you're enjoying your life, your business is still is still Turning. doing it. Yeah. You know, and that's the, I guess the quote unquote freedom as an entrepreneur that you get. That what people get confused that by you though. You can get. You can get. Yeah. But what they get confused by though is that, oh, if I go work for myself, I'm gonna have more time for myself. It's like no, 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 buddy. If you go work for yourself, you're gonna have more time to work for yourself. You're, you don't want to buy yourself a job. That's what a lot of people do. Ooh, talk to me about that. What do you mean by that? Like they literally buy themselves a job. They start a company and then they end up working 80 hours instead of 40 and making the same, if not less money because they're, they're literally just started a job that they're just all day. They're just all day working. Is this the concept of working in your business versus on yeah. your business? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if people don't, if people don't are too scared to hire they're too scared to, to scale. They, they don't have enough diligence to go put systems in their business and do the back end stuff yeah. with automated emails, with you know, running your, all your employees through application like Slack, through doing stuff like Zendesk for support. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes in on the back end of a business. It's not just selling a course. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not willing to put in the work to set that stuff up, you're never going to be able to scale. That means you're always going to be trying to put out little fires yeah. all the time. And if you're always doing that, then you're going to be working in your business 
and not on your business and you'll never be able to scale it. How long did it take you to go from in to out? A while, probably, probably nine months. Nine months. Okay. Yeah. Which I think is very basic. It's very normal. Like you yeah. don't, you can't, you can't start in, but the, but you have to have the intention of I'm going to work on my business. And you're 100 right. Buying a job that's very interesting. I've never heard of it like that. But most small business owners, what they're doing is they're servicing the clients. They're doing all the work. They're not focused on growing and scaling. Mm-hmm. You know. Do you know the cash flow quadrant with Robert Kiyosaki? Okay, so it's a box like this, right? The top left is where people start. Almost everyone starts here. You're an employee. And then you would go down to being self-employed. That's pretty much where you're buying yourself a job. The next big stage was there's a line in the middle, which is moving more over towards the passive side of things. The next stage is becoming a business owner where you're leveraging other people's time to operate the business. You spend less than 10 hours a week on the business and that still generates revenue for you. And then the next stage from that is being an investor where you're just like a passive investor where you're like, you know, dividend income like that type of that type of scale. So a lot of people try to go from being employed to down to being an investor. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, like, let's slow down. Like you need, actually need to go in the order. Like if you try to jump stages, it's not gonna, the majority of the time it's not gonna work. So this is like super fresh for you. So give me some tips from what you've done that people can apply to their businesses on how to create systems. Uh, okay, so what I do, um, actually, one of, what my roommate actually does is he does uh, virtual assistant placement. So we, I have uh, virtual assistants over in the Philippines that do like my funnels. They'll do my email automation. They're actually setting up Zendesk, which is my support, you know, my support tickets for my emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pay them two fifty, three dollars an hour, and they're doing all of that backend stuff. So I don't have to do that stuff. And then I have. Uh, my content guy that's out here now, he's right here, uh, Victor. Um, he, he has a, his own VA and he does, he edits the videos for Victor. So now he can just focus on filming, getting you know, awesome content. Cool. And then he can do like some higher level stuff. So we leverage, I mean, other people's time. It's OPT and OPM. So I'll put, you know, I'll put a lot of stuff on 0% business cards until that investment or that side of the business returns the money and then I pay it off. But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like, you don't have to, first of all, you want to get to a point, like I didn't start hiring people until I was doing 50 K a month. And then I was like, okay. Yeah. And that was like a high margin business. Cause it was just courses and just consulting. So I was taking home probably 46,000 before taxes, Sheesh. you know, like monthly. And then like now I'm over 200 and now it's like, okay, I absolutely need to be I'm over 250 now. I need to absolutely be hiring other people. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like there's no way to, to scale without leveraging other people's time. No, and you don't need to pay them. Like I don't have people on like, you know, I'm not paying for their insurance. I'm not paying for all that. You know, they're 1099 employees like, and they can be from wherever. And they're awesome too. I just had my morning meeting three, three hours ago with them. You know, actually this takes me to my second question. That's very interesting for you. How did you get people to I guess, respect you in your position when you first begun, you know, even when you're trying to prove a point. I mean, I guess you had a $50,000 a month business, but you're still trying to prove yourself in the world of business. So how is it that you got people to kind of join the force and put in the work without questioning what you're up to as a leader? Because there's no question as to what I was up to mm-hmm. as a leader, because I share, I share my entire lifestyle on through social media. 
And people see every single day. They see me waking up early. They see me working throughout the day. They see what I do at, in the evenings. I'm not going to clubs and popping bottles. I'm actually still putting in work. Because they see me on every single day on weekends. They see me what, like I live a healthy life. I live a real life and I'm super genuine. So I'm like really open to like what I'm thinking, what I'm doing. I give tips on things all the time. And then like if they even have more questions, it's like, okay, why don't you just swipe up, look at my landing page and look at all the testimonies from all my clients that are happy. And if anyone still questions after that, I'm like, look, I'll send you an entire list of all my clients that are in this program right now. You can go reach out to any of them. I don't even, you know, go talk. Like, so you were working alone when you first begun? Yeah. Yeah, nobody um, else. Yeah, well, yeah, for the first few months while I was in my corporate job, right when I quit my corporate job, I knew it was really important to get around someone like me, someone who was like a true like entrepreneur. So I moved in, I met a, a guy that actually went to the same college as me. His name's Justin Saunders. I moved downtown with him in Columbus, Ohio. And uh, we, we ran a little marketing business together and then like once my credit stuff really started to take off, then uh, you know, the rest was history. That's cool, man. That's really dope. Yeah. You got a lot of cool things coming for you. Dude, I've, dude I know, it's, it's insane. I've like, if I would not have trusted myself to like go in on what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. like when I, after that Friday when they, my business or my company said, hey, you can't run this business. I went home, said, told my family like, yo, I'm probably gonna quit my job. Um, everyone told me that that was the dumbest thing ever. And if I would not have trusted myself, like I would not be nearly as happy as I am right now. Like happiness is what I'm like after. And uh, I mean, money fac- fa- facilitates that because it gives you freedom, options, and choices, allows you to build relationships, allows you to do a ton of incredible things. So uh, I'm just a huge, huge advocate in uh, trusting your gut. But yeah, man, it's scaled way, way faster than I ever would have. That's Believe. good, dude. Yeah. That's good. Really happy to be to be here with you, and uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, take off. This That's is kind of like just yeah. the beginning, dude. Yeah, That's good it's stuff. crazy. I'm glad we're close, dude. Yeah, we're hey, hell far. yeah, dude. We're like, and you ride too, so we got to get on the bike <laughs> yeah, together. It'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, I'm down. Really cool. Really cool. Well, hey, Jeff, yeah. thank you so much for being yeah, on the show. Bro. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thank you. Appreciate you. you.